Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Take out those worship guides. We are in part three, the finale of a series we are calling Blessed. And I've just loved talking to you the last couple of weeks about how to experience the blessing of God in your life. Heard from so many of you guys that are like, Aaron, this is a totally new subject to me. I've never, never realized that God wants us to live a life of abundance and have more than we need so that we can make an impact on the world around us. And I just want you to know, I know, I know some of you kind of, it's been a fight in your mind to really believe this, but let me just let you understand the heart of God. There's more for you to experience of God than you're experiencing right now. I'm going to say it so the people in the back at every location can get it. There is more for you to experience of God than you are experiencing right now. So, so I want all that God has for me. I want, I want greater freedom and greater breakthrough and, and greater abundance in my life, in every area of my life. Is there anybody with me today? So, so I want all that he has. So I want to live a life that's blessed. And he, Listen, he's already promised your needs to be met. So, so stop asking him for your needs. Start asking him for more than your needs so that we can see the blessing of God. And today we're going to talk about a subject that is really super crucial because you can't have a blessed life without this area of your life being impacted. It actually should all start here. So I'm going to end up this series talking about really a very sensitive thing, and I'm calling it this. I want you to write it down in your notes. You've probably heard this phrase before. Today's message is titled, Bless Your Heart. Bless Your Heart. Write it down, Bless Your Heart. Now, if you're from the North, you probably are going, what a great phrase. That is so nice. I do want my heart blessed. Now, if you're from the South, any Southerners in the place, you just know that if you add bless your heart on the end of anything, it's the same as a cuss word. It ain't nice. Let me tell you, like, like oh, I heard Susie went to that new barber the other day. Bless her heart. You know what that means? Her hair got butchered. It didn't work out. I was going into the, uh, to the gym the other day and was checking my kids in to the childcare there at the gym and had all four of the kids and my three-year-old was throwing a tantrum. He was crazy. My one-year-old was latched on to my arm and she knows as soon as we go into that room, she starts freaking out, having a meltdown. She knows that, man, she's about to get turned over to some kind of babysitter and so she doesn't like that. So there's a lady behind the counter. She sees me walking in. It's all chaos. It's crazy. And she looks at me and she's like, you're taking care of all those kids by yourself? Bless your heart. And I went to her and I was like, I know what she's saying. Here's a translation of that. You are not doing a good job. It's chaos. But I want to take this phrase and I actually want to get to the foundation of the idea that truly for you to have a blessed life, you got to deal with the issues in your heart. Because write it down in your notes, this is super important. You will never have a blessed life with a bad heart. And there's so many people that want to see the external things change. More money, better marriage, greater relationships, more potential. But just understand, God is far more interested in your internal heart change than your external looks and performance. He is very interested in how we deal with the issues in our own heart. The Bible has a huge emphasis on how we handle our heart. The Bible says it like this. There's 633 references just in the Old Testament and 170 in the New Testament of how we should handle and care for our heart. 
God thinks it's a major issue for us that we do a little bit of care in our heart. I think this is so important. If you, if you understand anything about physical exercise, you know that people can physically exercise and you can get big old biceps and big old chest and you can work on your muscles a lot. But if you don't take care of your heart, it's over. So all these, these bodybuilders, they're all strong looking and they have these heart attacks randomly. Why? Because listen, they were all look. What does it look like on the outside instead of going, how, how's it taken care of on the inside? And, and for far too long, I've seen way too many Christians want external results without internal change. So let us do a little bit of work on our heart today. Let me show you this. The Bible says it like this in Proverbs. Proverbs 27, 19. As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects their what? I need you to help me in this church today. Come on, every location, it reflects their what? So, so, so listen, if your life is chaos, if your marriage is chaos, if, if your finances are chaos, we can try to deal with those issues, but it'll never really change till we deal with the source, which is your, your heart. We gotta deal with this. The Bible says it this way. For out of the abundance of the heart, the what? The mouth speaks. So a lot of people, they, you ever run into those people, they're just negative. They're always, everything's complaining, everything's a struggle. Uh, how about this one? You ever had someone say something out of their mouth and they go, oh man, I don't even know where that came from. I know exactly where it came from. The Bible's pretty clear. It came from your heart. Here's another one. For a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his, in his heart. So it's right there. An evil man brings up evil things uh, that are evil that are stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Here's what the, the proverb says. Above all else, everything else you do in your heart, life, here's what you should do. You should guard your you should guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. All your bad traits, all your good traits, all the good things you got going on in life, how you run your business, how you raise up those kids, how you invest in that marriage, everything you do flows from your That is why Jesus said it like this, blessed are the pure in heart. Why? Because they're going to be able to see God. Isn't it interesting? People can come to a service like this. In that service, there's people that can leave this place and be forever changed. And there's other people that'll leave there and go, I didn't get anything out of it. Not, I didn't need, there's nothing for me there. I, I didn't even feel anything in that room. What? Maybe it's not the room. Maybe it's not God that's the problem. Maybe it's that we're not pure in our heart, so we're not seeing God in this situation. It, it, it's what, just realize, everything is made or broken on our heart. That's why David prayed it this way. Created me a clean heart. That's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna do a little bit of heart surgery, a little bit of heart work in our life today. And you're gonna leave here. It might be a little tough because I'm gonna deal with some tough subjects today on the heart. But you're gonna leave here forever changed. Actually, some of you feel so weighed down. You feel like you got even a little bit of heart burn. You're gonna have some spiritual Pepto-Bismol today. You're gonna leave here in just a few minutes, just like, man, I, I'm free, I'm free. The arteries are no longer clogged, I'm ready to go. You're gonna leave here with a new heart. Are you ready for a church? All right, so, so heart disease is the number one killer in America. It has been for 10 years in a row. Probably a lot to do with our diet, but I truly believe that spiritual heart disease is the number one killer of your potential and your destiny. So let me talk to you about some things that are coming into our hearts 
that we need to be careful of, that we need to guard ourselves of. I'm going to tell you three of them. Here's number one. Number one of the spiritual heart diseases is simply grudges. Grudges. You ever met someone with some grudges in their heart? They're, here's how you know. They've, they've got a lot of offense, and they're always frustrated because that person hurt them. You're going to hear about that for years. And it wasn't like yesterday. It was like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Well, that person hurt. That person left me. They broke up with me. They fired me. And there's, there's this grudging. There's, there's this offense. There's this unforgiveness. And here's what happens. Grudges create a bitter heart. So people that have bitterness in their life, and they seem to always have their walls up. I talk to people all the time. They're like, they'll say statements like this. I'll never be in another relationship again because that person hurt me. How? The, the wall went up. The grudge is there. They have it in their heart. And what is it doing? It's a spiritual heart disease. And here's what unforgiveness does. Write it down your notes. Unforgiveness is choosing to stay trapped in a jail cell of bitterness, serving time for somebody else's crime. Somebody else has done it. And what you're doing is you're sitting there and you're thinking that because I'm angry and because I'm not going to forgive them, they're going to suffer. But the truth is, it's killing your heart. It's killing your potential. It's killing your destiny. So what do we need to do? We need to live in this way that we are no longer letting this stuff in our life. And, and we all do it. We can be having an amazing day. We can be experiencing weather like today, the sun shining. It's a beautiful day. And then one person says one stupid comment or writes one thing about us or does something, and what happens? Immediately, bitterness comes in. Offense comes in. I can't believe they said that to me. can't believe they did that to me. Who do they think? We all do this. Let me, let me, let me get a little vulnerable. I do this. I, do, I, do, I deal with grudges all the time. Let me give you an example. I uh, send out a weekly email to our whole church. Now, I do this personally, okay? Now, some of you guys don't read my email. Let the Holy Spirit convict, even at this moment right now. I'm not, I'm not going to, like, put you on the spot. But some of you guys just don't read my email. And that, that's fine. That's fine. I, I'm okay with that. I understand. It's just, it's my way of just communicating. I want to be a good, a guy that helps communicate. I tell you what's going to happen in the weekend. Some of you guys are sitting in your spam folder right now. But it's okay. I love y'all. I'm still your pastor. It's okay. But the company we use that sends out that email to, I mean, there's 10,000, I don't know how many people are on that list. It's a lot of people. But on the company that we use that sends that out to everybody, every week they send me an email in response. And that email in response says, how many people opened the email? How many people read it? And then it gives me a list of all of the people that week who have unsubscribed from my emails. So I try not to look at this list because honestly, I, I, I deal with offense and bitterness. But then about three weeks ago, the email came from the company and I was like, I wonder who this week has unsubscribed. So I found 12 names. I'm just joking. I'm not <laughs> Some of you were like, get your purse, dear. We're out of here. So I looked at the list. I shouldn't have looked. That next Sunday, no lie, one of the ladies who's on that list walks up. She's got the donuts that I bought in her hands. I'm telling you, the spirit of offense is all over me. I'm sitting there going, 
you'll take our donuts, but you won't take my email, huh? I see how it is. You know, she's like, hey, pastor, how are you doing? Fine. We all fight this, don't we? We all have these moments where we, we're frustrated and they hurt us. So what, is our, what, what do we do about this? Here, here's, I want to help your heart today because if you're going to have a blessed life, you got to have a blessed heart and here's how you do it. The solution is, is you just got to learn to forgive quickly. So people are going to hurt you. They're going to delete your email. They're going to cut you off in traffic. They're going to say bad things about you. They're going to abuse you. They're going to manipulate you. People are imperfect. They're going to mess up. So what do we do as believers? We forgive quickly. And I want you to say this. If you are not a follower of Jesus, which this itself is a great reason to become a follower of Jesus, because as a follower of Jesus, we have a model to follow of forgiveness that is second to none. It says it this way in Ephesians. It says it like this, be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other, and then it tells us how, just as in Christ, God forgave you. So he says, listen, the model that we follow is that we forgive as God has forgiven us. Now, I know the response, because so many people say, well, Aaron, if you knew what they did, it's unforgivable. It's beyond, I, I, I can't do it. Like, I, I'm, I'm fine. I can't do it. They, they hurt me too bad. They abused me too long. They, they, the struggle was too much. There's no way I can do it. And I just want you to know, thank God that he does not respond to us the way we respond to other people. Because the very thing that you are angry that someone did to you, I just want you to know, our sin did the same thing to God. It was rebellious towards him. It was intentionally intentional towards him. Yet God, who is rich in mercy, forgave us. And if God forgave us, I think our response is that we should just forgive everybody else around us. And I'm going to help you have a blessed life today by having a blessed heart. A blessed heart always forgives quickly. The I believe it this way, that the quality of your life is dependent upon the, your ability to accept and allocate forgiveness. So you need to be able to accept the fact that God has forgiven you, and then you need to allocate that forgiveness to everybody else in your life. Somebody in here, you haven't accepted the fact that God has forgiven you. Guess what? You will be able to today. And you're able to walk out of this service totally free, totally whole, because he's forgiven you of everything you've done. Can I hear a good amen today? All right, number two, here, here's the second heart disease that I want to deal with today. It's the disease of greed. It gets, it gets really deep inside of people's hearts. This idea of greed, this idea that, you know what, it's, it's all about what I can acquire, what I can get. People that live greedy, they live with kind of closed fists. They, they're just kind of all about themselves. And, and you can tell this when you get around a greedy person, you know it because they always are talking about what did they just buy? Man, look at that new house. Man, look at my car. Look at this new, new motorcycle. Look at this new boat. And everything is about stuff, stuff, stuff. Here's what greed is, ready? Greed is simply an unhealthy value on temporary things. So greed is all about, man, what can I get? And how can I acquire more? And, and what vacations can I go? It's all temporary things. That, so when you hang out with a greedy person, you hear story after story of stuff that they just got. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. And you leave the conversation. If I'll say it this way. If, if grudges create a bitter heart, greed creates a shallow heart. So, so, so you get around them and you go, you just say, you'll say the statement when you leave there and you go, wow, that was like empty. 
Like that, there is nothing beyond the surface here. Why? Because that's what greed does in our life. It makes it so shallow. It makes us about us. And, and it makes us about what we can get. But I don't think that's what God wants for your life. I want you to live a life that's expanded, a life with impact, a life, a life that's a beyond, beyond yourself, towards something bigger in your life. That's why God's solution for greed is that we practice generosity. So we live a life just being as generous as we can be, as often as we can be, as faithful as we can be, because it's not even ours in the first place. We're just going to give it to God. And we're going to be faithful with our tithing. We're going to be faithful with our giving. Legacy comes up. You're going to say, you know what? I'm just going to be faithful to God. Because really, it is that generosity that will break greed off of your life. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're sitting there thinking, God, but Aaron, it's so much fun to get. And my kids, <laughs> seven and under, feel the same way. But that is because of immaturity. They haven't learned the joy of generosity yet. It is, let me tell you, you might feel that excitement when you get the new boat or the new car or the new house or the new, the new gadget. But I'm telling you, you've never experienced the, the joy that comes with giving to God, with giving to other people, with helping the poor, with launching locations, with helping missionaries. I'm telling you, the Bible says it this way in Acts. It says, remember the words that the Lord Jesus himself said. So Jesus said this. He says, there is more happiness in giving than receiving. And I want you to know that's the truth right there. My, my kids are learning this. I told you they're in this process of learning to give up in order to, to receive. I, I, they, uh, my two older girls have little stuffed animals that they try to bring everywhere. They sleep with these stuffed animals. It's just weird. They're all, these things are like dirty and gross, but it's theirs, you know. If you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, so, so they're in this place where they're, they're trying to walk around, bring these things everywhere. So I'll try to take them on like a fun adventure. So do something, hey, let's go, let's go to Bush Gardens, let's go to the park. Let's, and they always want to take these stupid little stuffed animals with them. So they walk out of the house and they've got the stuffed animal. I'll go, listen, Lily, I want you to come, but you can't bring that stuff. Where we're going, you can't bring that stuffed animal. So you gotta, you gotta give it up, you gotta leave it. And it's always a fight. She doesn't understand what I have to offer her is way better than that little stuffed animal. And so, so for her to go, she's got to be able to give it up. So it's like this. A lot of you guys, this is, your, your, this is your walk. As a greedy person, you're walking around going, but this is the money I made. This is my time. This is, this is all that I have. I, I, I'm not going to give it up. This is my energy. This is my, this is my talent. And it's all about us, us, us. And God says, okay, give. Give it up. Oh, I'm not tithing. There's no way. I'm not going to give this thing. I'm, I'm not going to honor God first. I'm like, no, look how nice this is. There's no way. That is too important to me. And you don't understand how big your God is because if you would simply learn to give up, maybe, just maybe, in exchange, God's got something like this in store for your life. So you're missing out on this because you're not willing to give God this. I'm telling you, if you learn the heart of God, he'll never tell you to give up this if he doesn't have this sitting somewhere waiting for you and waiting to bless your life. Come on, you can do better than that. Which, which by the way, let me be very real. This isn't always money. Let's be very real. Let me tell you, God's, God's challenged me many times to give up this. And in response, I didn't need this. But there was a healing I needed. There was a breakthrough I needed. 
There was a salvation in a family member I needed. There was a restoration in a relationship that I needed. I'm telling you, I don't know what it is that you're holding on in your hand. If you'll learn to be faithful to God, watch how he will open the windows of heaven over your life, church, in a way you never thought was possible. By the way, my kids are gonna love me because they get my sermon illustrations after, and so we'll see who gets that one. Here's what's so important. This is why giving is a big part of who we are because giving is God's antidote for greed. So, so many times, it's, it's the cure to the greed in our hearts. So we just say, hey God, if, you, if you're gonna tell me to do it, if, you're gonna be faith, if you want me to give it up, that little thing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be faithful to you. And watch how it'll heal your heart. That's why I've challenged our church for two weeks. This will be the last Sunday I do it for a long time. Let me challenge you guys, if you've never become a tither, start tithing. We do a 90-day tithing challenge. Today's the last day, it's in your worship guide. You can take it out, you can fill it out. When we worship God with our giving at the end of the service, drop it in there. We'll send you emails, we'll help you on this journey. I want you to experience God's blessing in your life. Just understand, it's not just blessing and return of finances in your life. It's a blessing over a healed heart where your heart says, man, I'm no longer gonna be captured by greed. I'm gonna be captured by generosity. It's not about what I can acquire. It's the impact I can make. And the result is, the Bible says, that the generous themselves will be what? They'll be blessed. Somehow with God, when we walk in generosity, the blessing returns in our life. And I don't give to get, but I'm thankful that we serve a God. We can never outgive him. He's always got a bigger teddy bear than we got in our hand. Amen? All right, number three, and this is the third one, which could be maybe the most difficult in your life, is simply this, is the, the spiritual heart disease of guilt. Guilt. Guilt is so prevalent in our culture today. You feel guilty, so you say yes to things you shouldn't say yes to. There's mom guilt. There's dad guilt. There's diet guilt. Oh my gosh, I hate diet guilt. Every time I see one of you guys in a restaurant, you walk up to me and say the same thing. Oh, I guess we're not going to the gym today. Let me eat whatever I want to eat. We, all, we live in a guilt-driven world. No wonder we're not getting the results that God wants us to get in our life. Because everything is about guilt. And here's how you know your life is wrapped in guilt. It's wrapped in guilt when you're always thinking about your failures, always thinking about your mistakes. Man, I should have done this. Should have spent more time with the kids. Shouldn't have messed up that marriage. I shouldn't have gotten fired from that job. You live, a guilt-driven life lives life backwards. Always thinking about the past mistakes. Always thinking about the issues and, and what would have happened if, and we live way down. I, listen, if, if, if grudges creates a bitter heart, I, I really think some of you guys, that greed creates a shallow heart, then guilt creates a heavy heart. Some of you guys have a heavy heart today. You're just, you're just sitting there going, Aaron, I, like, I wanna be free, I wanna move forward, but you don't understand the mistakes I made. And let me tell you, I think one of the most noble reasons that guilt is so prevalent in church people and in Christians is simply because they think if they remember their mistakes, then they won't do them again because they feel bad. But I want you to know this. Just let me set the record straight. Guilt is a false motivator with no lasting positive results. So when you live a life given by guilt, and we've all done this. You've started the gym out of guilt, and guess what? When the guilt left, guess what? You stopped. You ate healthy out of guilt. 
When you stop feeling bad, you stop. You gave out of guilt. When you stop feeling bad, you stop giving. Why? Guilt is a terrible motivator. And so we are going to remove it. And here's how your heart's going to get clean and refreshed today is by this solution is you're just going to release all of the shame that you feel right now. Because so many of you guys, you, you're experiencing some major shame. You're going, Aaron, but you would, you would feel it too if you knew what I did and knew what I was struggling with and knew who I was. Yeah, I, man, if, it, if, if people really knew, they would, they, they'd feel the same shame. No, 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 I want you to know this today. You're in a room filled with people that have terrible past, lots of struggles. I tell people all the time, they're like, if the Tampa Bay Times comes out with an article that Aaron Burke has issues, everybody at Radiant Church would go, yeah, we already knew that. Because, I, I, listen, I, I, I'm okay with my issues. I'm just not okay with guilt over my issues. I'm not, I'm not okay, why? Because the Bible's very clear about who I am. I am not my failure. Failure is an event. It is not a person. You are not a failure. You are not a mistake. You are not hey, your struggles. You are who God says that you are. That's what God says it this way. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now that's good news. All things, they've all gone. Well, all things have become new. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And even as a new creation, you go, well, Aaron, I'm still messing up. Well, good. There's a verse for that too. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So yeah, yeah, I mess up daily, but I remember that Christ has forgiven me not just my past, but also my present and also my future. And that's not a license to do whatever I want. It is a freedom from a guilt of that, saying I'm not gonna be driven by guilt, I'm gonna be driven by God's grace. And because God's been good to me, and because God's forgiven me, I don't wanna do those things anymore. I wanna be who God's called me to be. And our world is gonna constantly put guilt on you. The world screams it this way, shame on you. Shame on you for your past. Shame on you for that thought you had. Shame on you for your struggles. Shame on you for how that relationship ended. But that's not what Jesus does. Jesus screams it over us, shame off of you. And I think this is the call of Radiant Church in a world that's so filled with guilt and so filled with, with shame. I don't think the church should ever put it on you. I think we should take it off of you. And you should walk out with your shoulders back saying, you know what? I believe that I am forgiven. I am whole. I am a new creation. And if God's forgiven me, then I'm going to receive that for every area of my life. Can I hear a better amen than that today, church? So one last story, one last story. I like to go out to eat. I like, Katie and I like to take couples out to eat. We've taken so many of you guys. We like to have fun. We like to go out to eat. It's something about sharing a good meal. One of the things that I've just been taught and raised to do is that I just think it's an honor to honor somebody you just pay for their meal. I think it's fun. So uh, I've had a bunch of people after I've said this story come up and go, yeah, I mean, we want to go out to eat with you because now they know I'll pay for their meal. But that's not the idea of the story, okay? So I just think it's, I think it's saying, well, I go out with my parents, I'm always trying to pay for their meal. I go out with Katie's parents, always trying to pay for their meal. We just think it's an honoring thing, pay for people's meal. So we try to do it, we get there a little early, we tell the waitress or the waiter and say, hey, listen, it's gonna be one check, I'm gonna take care of it, don't let them pay for it. We do that whole game. Once in a while, the other person will make it happen. Like they, they'll get there a little bit early, they know a manager, they know something, they'll slip the credit card when I don't see it. And it always bothers me. Because I'm like, I, I, like, it's my time to be generous. It's my time to show you guys. And so, so once in a while, someone will get away with it. So, so let's just say, there's two scenarios here, ready? Either I pay for it or somebody else is going to pay for it. Let me tell you what's never happened in the history of going out to eat. 
I've never had somebody else pay for it. And then I respond with, well, that's okay. I'll pay for it also. The bill's done. So there's not gonna be a time where I go, hey, wait, waiter, waitress, hey, listen, I know they just paid for it. I know it's, it's done. I know the bill's gone. I know the food's taken care of. Can you ring it up again and I'll just pay for it a second time just so I can feel good about myself? No, no, that would be stupid. Why? Because the bill has totally been paid. Let me speak to Radiant Church today. Stop through your guilt trying to pay for something that God has already taken care of. Your sins are forgiven. You have been set free. You have been redeemed. You have been healed. You have been called. And there's nothing you can do to pay for it again through your actions, through your good works, through your guilt, through your shame. He whom the Son sets free is free. Indeed, is there any free people in the house today? We're free. Stop trying to pave the bill again. And that's what guilt does. I'm gonna do my part. Your part's been taken care of. Let's let the Lord heal our heart. We got three minutes left. In every location, I want you to close your eyes. This could be the most crucial three minutes of your entire life where we're gonna do some spiritual healing. You're in here today, and I want to talk, about, talk to people for just a minute who have grudges, offense, unforgiveness. And I'm not saying what the person did was not real and was not terrible. I'm saying you can't live with that unforgiveness in your heart anymore. you got to get free. So I want you all across every location, if that's you, you've got some area the Lord's highlighting in your life, some person, some issue that, that is just a struggle. And you go, Aaron, I can't, I want to get free I don't want to walk around offended at that coworker or that boss, that, that ex, any longer. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray a prayer together. And when we pray this prayer, you're going to get set free in your heart. This is your spiritual heart cleanse right now. So I want you to think of what that offense is. Think of that hurt in your heart. All right, you got it? If you're ready to get free, at every location, I want you to say this prayer. Actually, I want everybody to say this prayer so that those who don't even need it, just say it just so everybody's on the same page. Ready? Say, dear Jesus. Come on, say it loud. Dear Jesus, I don't want to hold a grudge. Help me to forgive. I release the offense, the hurt, the bitterness, the anger, the resentment, and I choose to forgive, to let it go, and to move past the issue. I will take whatever steps necessary to walk in total forgiveness. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, can we celebrate freedom right there? So many of you guys just let it go. Come on, I feel it. I feel it in the room. Some of you guys, you got, you're like ready to take it on right now. You're like, hey, why? You got your heart's been cleansed. All right, let's do one more, one more, one more. Every eye closed, every head bowed. This is the most important one. There's people walking around with guilt and shame because you've been trying to pay the bill that had already been paid on the cross 2,000 years ago. You thought you feeling bad or you doing your part would do it. No, no, no. It's only accepting the free gift of salvation. So we do not accept guilt into our life, but we do accept grace. And God is extending his grace to you. So while we were yet sinners, Christ loved us died for us, 
And he wants to show you his grace by redeeming your life right now in this moment. With every eye closed, every head bowed. You're in here today and you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never accepted the free gift of salvation. Today is your day. Maybe you made some decision a year ago and you never really went into it. This is your moment to go all in with God. Say, God, I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my sin. This is your moment of salvation. If you're ready to receive it, on the count of three, at every location, I want you to throw that hand up. I want you to wave it at me and then put it right back down. Ready? One, two, three. Hands going up all over the room. Come on, throw them up. Wave it at me at every location. Wave it at me like, like you're serious about it. Yes, I see those hands all over. Dozens of hands. Why don't you receive, right? When they're in your seat and say, God, I receive your salvation. Today, Jesus, forgive my sins. Wash me clean. I want to be a new creation. I want the old to go, and I want the new to come. Now tell them this, for the rest of my life, I'm going to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says a big Come on, can we celebrate with all of heaven? They're celebrating dozens of people throughout Tampa Bay. Brandon, St. Pete, Heights, we're proud of you guys. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that connection card, check on there, I committed my life to Christ. Now here's what's gonna happen. The devil's gonna come and lie to you in your ear and say nothing happened at that moment. You are still your mistakes. No, 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 that's why you hold on. We don't live by our feelings, we live by faith. We are forgiven, we are whole, we are not the products of our past, we are the products of God's grace. Does anybody believe it today, church, amen? Don't you feel like you just got a spiritual Pepto-Bismol, like, it's feeling good. All right, let me, let me do this. We're gonna end this service by dealing with that second one. Hey, why don't we just overcome greed in our life by being radically generous? Radiant Church, you're second to none at this. Thank you for your faithfulness to God. If you've never done the tithing challenge, start it right now let's end this year incredibly strong in your life by putting god first and watch how he will open the floodgates of heaven over your life that's why we tell him test him he says test me in this thing take 90 days and watch how he'll bless your life you can start it right now we have a new giving platform give online make it reoccurring and watch how every time you give greed gets removed out of your life we're changing the world together radiant church thank you for your generosity lord bless your church they're so faithful to you god Lord, I pray in turn, would you be faithful to them with jobs and promotions and bonuses. Do something supernatural in every one of their lives. And we believe amazing things over their life as they are obedient to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that agrees says, amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.